Welcome to the Fit Food Podcast. We exist to bring morsels of hope to a hungry world. We're glad you're listening. We're rolling on there. We're rolling on there. Check, check. Yep. Hello. All right. This is Anna Hit, take one. Hello. Hi. No. <laughs> My name is Anna Hit, and I struggle not to be defined by multiple sclerosis. I hate saying that word. Ugh. Our guest today on Fish Food is Anna Hitt. She is a wife and a mother, and a couple of years ago was diagnosed with MS, and she is going to uh, walk us through um, the fears, the anxiety that uh, she had on the diagnosis, the struggles that she currently goes through, and I think you'll see this thread of, of great hope, and that hope even turning in um, uh, to something that moves outward, outside of herself, to begin to help others. So we're Glad you're listening and tuned in this morning and hope that this is a, uh, an encouragement and a benefit to you. Thank you. So in the fall of 2014, um, I was working as a nurse in the ICU at Baton Rouge General and I um, got my flu shot along with everybody else who worked at the hospital. Um, on a Thursday, um, woke up Sunday morning my feet were numb. And Honestly, my first thought was that I had probably had a little too much to drink the day before at a tailgate <laughs> and thought that was a strange way to be hungover, but kind of went on throughout the day and um, throughout the course of that day and the next day, the numbness kind of climbed up my legs, started in my toes and my feet, and then by, I guess, Wednesday of that week, I was profoundly numb all the way up to my, like my chest. And it's kind of, it was a weird sensation. It's hard to describe. Maybe the best ways if you've been to the dentist and they give you lidocaine and you know that you're chewing on your tongue but it doesn't feel right that's how it felt so I wasn't paralyzed by any means I could walk around but it just felt very strange um, so a couple weeks before that I had sustained a back injury while working out and had been to see um, a doctor here in Baton Rouge and so I, he's a friend of mine actually um, called him and told him about these new symptoms I just assumed they were connected and so he ordered the MRI, went in, had the first scan. Um, this was on Halloween. So went in, had my lower back scanned and um, left and thought really nothing more of it. Then the place that did the scan, they called me and they said, the radiologist saw something on your scans. He wants you to come back so we can get a better image. I'm like, oh, okay, that's weird, but still, you know. Um, so I went back and they ended up scanning my whole spine from like head to toe with and without IV contrast. And I know enough about MRIs to know that IV contrast is not necessary to determine whether or not you have a disc issue, which is what we thought in the first place. So I asked the tech, like, I know you can't tell me everything, but you got to tell me something. You know, there's a reason that you called me back this, this day. You want me to come back in and have this done. And, um, he said something, he, the radiologist saw this thing that at the base of your thoracic spine, so kind of the middle portion that you wanted to take another look at. All right, so go on with my day. I'm like, if it's bad, this doctor who ordered the scan will call me right away, right? That's, he's a good friend of mine. But as the day went on, the more I thought about it, the more I thought, like, what if it's really bad and he doesn't know how to tell me? Because we're friends. Um, so we went trick-or-treating with some friends that night, and I remember getting in bed around 9.30 and thinking, like, okay, he hasn't called by now. It slipped his mind. It's, there's nothing wrong, which is why it didn't remain in his mind to call me. 
<clears throat> turn out the light, maybe 10 minutes later the phone rings and it's him. And it's blurry from here, but I can remember him saying MS, me handing the phone to Lyle, um, and then, I don't know, it's all kind of a little bit of a blur. My parent, we called my parents, they came over and he showed up with coffee <laughs> at like 10 o'clock on Halloween night um, and kind of ran us through the results uh, of what the scans looked like. They were indicative of light enhancing lesions. So they were, they would light, like, light up like a Christmas tree with IV contrast. Um, and I remember he sat and prayed with us and then told me that I, he had already called the neurologist who I would see the following Monday morning. And we kind of, I went to work the next day. I was working in the ICU, like I said, at the time. And I went, recently went back and looked at a journal entry from that time and um, can remember being really thankful for having that job. Because as scared and as overwhelmed as I was, I wasn't dying. And I had to go to work and watch that, watch people really suffering. Um, so the timing of that was something I was thankful for. Um, so anyway, that was 2014 in October. The next couple of months were full of testing. I had labs and more scans and a lumbar puncture and all kinds of crazy stuff. And then finally, at the beginning of December, I was officially diagnosed, which was a nightmare, as you can imagine, but it was honest, it was a little bit of a relief because it was like, at least now we know and we can move on. Um, and so that, that was the initial diagnosis part of it. I've been through a couple different treatments and um, had one more super scary flare-up since that in initial one. Um, but, so that's, that's kind of where we are now. I guess it's just really hard to stare fear in the face, right? Um, and I've been I've been tasked during the season um, with going into um, damages specifically for, and this may be related, maybe not, but um, my neurologist believes that the trigger that caused that first flare-up was my flu shot. Flu shots don't normally do this to people. Um, I still recommend that everybody get them. But um, it kind of sent my immune system into overdrive, which then shoved us into this weird category of people who make claims in a vaccine injury court. So we have in this federal court in Washington, D.C., this lawsuit um, based on this injury that I sustained. And um, the attorneys have given me that task to write out damages, right? So for, from a pain and suffering standpoint, what does it look like in your life on a daily basis? Um, and I guess the simple answer is that most days I don't really think about it. I try not to. Um, I function better that way. Um, but the one that I come back to more often than anything is fear. I think before this, I never thought about my health. I didn't think about what could happen or what might happen. You know, I, it's just not a thought that most people engage regularly. Um, I was able to do what I wanted to do whenever I wanted to do it. I was strong. I was able. Um, I didn't have to wonder if a headache was just a headache or if it meant something else. Um, so I think the most, the biggest thing for me when I go down that road is just being afraid. Um, it's a it's a strange thing to be confronted with. Um, at 33 or at 28, you know, when it happened, um, knowing what will likely lead to 
my end one day. Um, that's a weird thing to know. It feels unfair to know that. Burke, my little girl doesn't know that her mom is sick. You know, my, uh, feels unfair to her. It feels unfair to my husband. Um, so yeah, I think just fear. <laughs> For that first night, the first phone call that I got when the doctor, when Chambliss said, you know, that radiologist believes it looks like MS, the only person I've, I knew at that point with that diagnosis has always been in a wheelchair. I've never known her to walk. Um, she's a precious, sweet mom of one of my dear friends growing up. And um, that, so that was the image that immediately popped into my head. It was the only one that I had. I didn't know anybody else with that, with that diagnosis. So um, that's, what, uh, that's what my kind of grading scale was from the get-go. As far as Googling anything, I'm probably the least informed nurse you'll ever meet on <laughs> this specific diagnosis for a couple of reasons. Um, the, the primary one being or very early on, my, bro my older brother told me a little snippet about Google. He was like, nothing, um, nothing that's put on Google is just vanilla. The extremes show up on Google, right? The really bad ones or the really good ones. You're not going to see the people who just have it and walk on. And you know it's a thing, but you just keep on rolling. And so he encouraged me very early on, don't, just don't do it. And I haven't. Um, I know about what I have from what my neurologist tells me, and that's it. Um, I think the big, the, one of the big negatives that comes in just from worldly or just encountering people Everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a friend. Some of the stories are good ones. Some of them can be encouraging, and some of them, while not meaning to, maybe just to um, to reach out and make a connection. People try to share, which I can appreciate and understand where it comes from. But what it leaves is this that like lingering fear. You know, this is what happened to my friend, and it was horrible. And that could be you. And I spend most of my time time not to not to um, engage that what if. Um, and so I think just from encountering people who know people or who have it themselves mean well and try to share and try to relate and um, it just causes that kind of fear thing to, to rise up and rear its ugly head. I've always been real, uh, I don't know, fit. Sports have always played a big role in my life. I loved being active when I was little, chasing my big brother around. I wanted to play basketball with him and his friends and he would let me but was very clear that they weren't going to take it easy on me, <laughs> which I think made me probably a better basketball player down the road. Um, and so, again, it kind of plays into the, I never thought about my health because it was just, it just was. I was just healthy. I took it, I definitely took it for granted. Um, and I think the impact that MS has had on that outside of the first window of time when my feet were numb and I remember going to the gym and trying to do like a box jump or a box step up and you don't realize how important it is for you to feel your big toes when you can't feel them. They, they play such a role in your balance and proprioception that I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I feel like I can't run. Not because I can't physically run, but I don't feel steady. Um, but outside of that, most of the time, we kind of take on the attitude of waking up and going, what can you do today? Can you feel your feet today? Yeah. 
can you do the can you run the mile or can you do the pull up or can you do the heavy squat okay then go do it and just kind of march on um and there may be a day when I can't do those things but today I can I think one of the things that's probably impacted the struggle as much as anything is to look at Jesus and what he endured and um I don't know to word the, use the word minimize but just to put into perspective what we have here um the hope that we have in him and that what he took on for us makes all this stuff just kind of like I don't know crumbs it not it doesn't matter it doesn't make it not matter um it just points us to what he did um and one of the things I, even in talking with Burke it's funny how and I, I'm sure you can identify with this I, I didn't really have a whole lot of experience with kids before her so it's all new as we go you know go through these stages but to teach something to her to preach something to her I have to like she's going to see right through me she's going to be able to call my bluff right so if I don't if I don't really believe what it is that I'm saying or um it just won't last long and so um in keeping with that kind of train of thought as I've talked with her about hard things that happen in life in this world when people are sick when they are suffering when they die and we don't have you know reason or we don't have words to express how hurt we are about it um to point her to Jesus and to what he did and what he's rescuing us from and the reason that we have all this ugly the reason that we have being sick and the reason that we have being hurt and the um the reasons I guess but where it all came from you know it came from the beginning it wasn't supposed to be like this it points us to where we're going one day if we love and trust him and know that there won't be MS in heaven there won't be cancer in heaven there won't be fear in heaven um and where we can live now with all those things is to keep turning there and to trust that he can uh give us peace and give us freedom even now um i love the the phrase of how we're living in the already and the not yet and that's a tension that's hard and heavy a lot of times because it's it's tension <laughs> we're pulled um but it gives us hope I had a conversation with somebody a neighbor recently <clears throat> who has seen a lot of hurt in her life and she's just deeply injured by life by loss and um suffering and sickness and um one of the things she said to me early on was I just don't understand you know why you you're so good and so nice and so you know you know I'm like running through the reel in my heads of all or all, all the reasons that I'm not those things but that you know this is the the image that she sees and it's just uh humbling to look at and go well why not me if this is um this is crumbs to what Jesus did and what he died for and how he came to rescue us and if this is part of that story then Okay. One of the verses that I love the most, um it was one of my grandfather's favorites. I never knew him, but um our little girl is kind of named after him. He loved Romans 8:28. And um 
I, that one's probably kind of a, a lifetime theme. All things work together for those who love the Lord and are called according to His purposes. And um, I think you focus on different areas of or different words and different verses in different seasons. But um, the one that keeps coming back in this one, it's all things. It's not some things. It's not just the easy things. And it's not just the hard things, but it's all the things. This is one of the things. <laughs> one of the big, big moments where you can't help but see God's hand was when in the summer of 2017, so we had had our little girl was born in the fall of 2016, and after she was born, I didn't jump back on another treatment because I wanted to, you know, have time to breastfeed and just be off of it for a while. Um, and they actually said being pregnant is good for people with MS because your body goes into this natural kind of immune suppressed state to protect the growing baby. Which I was like, that's great. I didn't know that. But after the baby's born, they have seen, and it's true, that your immune system can kind of come roaring back. So I'm working in a job that I didn't love, doing marketing um, for a home health company, and I was calling on this one specific neurosurgeon on this Monday morning. And I'd never met this man before, but had, you know, met with his assistant once or twice. Anyway, long story short, I end up having an all-out seizure in the neuromedical center in Baton Rouge. I get, you know, tossed into the ambulance and taken to the ER, and um, throughout the course of the day, we're talking about what happened, and it, you know, it's terrifying. I think more for everybody else than for me, because I wasn't really aware of what was going on. But after that day, as the kind of weeks passed, we just talked about how you can't, there's no way to understand that and to look at what happened without acknowledging God's provision. I was in a job that I didn't like, really. Um, I, I would have had no other reason to be in that office on that Monday morning but for that job. And when you look at the list of all the other things that could have been happening, all the, um, the things that I wasn't able to do afterwards, like bathe my child alone, cook alone, drive a car, all the things that could have been happening when that happened, that I was just so taken care of. Um, and s guarded, and it was scary, obviously, but we were never without covering. It's really, it, <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't believe, I don't think that Jonah was real. I didn't believe that the Ninevites were real people. Sorry <laughs> to all of my Bible school teachers growing up um, until I had to become one of them to tell the story in Vacation Bible School, and it's Remarkable how much teaching children has brought me, has humbled me and made me go like, do you really, do you really believe what you're saying you believe? Um, to, to break it down and to bring it to a three-year-old and go, but that's what, he wants us to pray about that too. Those little, like all the things, all the things. <laughs> he wants us to bring them to him and cry to him and celebrate with him. Um, Jesus died for all of that. So, it's not been without its challenges, <laughs> for sure. There have been really ugly seasons of, I can remember, so two, there were two weeks, um, one in 2018 and one in 2019, where I did this really intense treatment for MS. It's an IV infusion 
it's kind of like chemo that just like knocks out your immune system and resets it, um, or at least that's the theory. And so I got, I had the treatment and it was okay. I mean, it was not great, but it was what it was. And then I'm homebound for like six weeks after it because I'm, my immune system shot, right? And so in that season, I can't go anywhere. I can't go to the grocery store. I can't bring my little girl into or out of her school. I can't go to church. I can't, I don't, all the things, I mean, just think about all the things that you do. I can't get my own gas, I, you know. Um, and in that season, I obviously desperately needed the help of people. And it was through that season that I learned how desperately I wanted to not need people's help. Um, I can remember specifically calling on a friend who is a dear friend who goes to my church and has prayed with me and has walked with us through these dark seasons, asking her to, I don't know, pick something up at the grocery store for me. And it was like, it, there was almost a physical pain response to asking that question. I have learned through that about my pride and how uh, intense it can be. Um, but I've also seen the beauty of a church who come alongside this little family and do the groceries and pick up the little girl. And ta I even, a friend came over one morning when I was homebound, Burke wanted to go to church. Well, guess what? Uncle Matt and Aunt Megan drove up in the driveway, loaded up her car seat and took her to church with them. And then lunch and brought her home. and. Um, if not for what I had going on, it wouldn't, I would have had the opportunity to see how beautiful that can be to, for me to like step back and let people be the hands and feet. Um, and that was just one very sweet example. People meaning well have reached out and wanted to like share their own stories and, um, kind of create just a me too, you know, like it feel, it's helpful to have someone say, me too, you know, to carry the burden together. And while I haven't really responded positively to that, obviously, because um, it sends me into the place of fear, um, it ha this has been a really cool opportunity to offer that to other people. You know, as friends come out and say, this, I have this friend who's going through such and such, and would you mind if, like, I would love to, if anyone wants to talk, I'm wide open. I'll talk, I'll talk or I'll listen or, you know, whatever. If I don't, I don't need it for me necessarily in this season, I may one day, but um, definitely want to be there for somebody else. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fish Food. If you'd like more information or to hear other episodes, please uh, either search uh, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcast of Fish Food. Um, also, go online to www.fishfood.me. That's fishfood.me. There you'll find uh, the other podcast. You'll find some, um, some articles or blog posts and also um, some video. I hope it's an encouragement to you. If you'd like to support us, you can go to that website, click support, and we have a Patreon page where you can contribute. Thank you very much.